This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we should be live after uh, day two of fall camp. Christian Clemente here, joined by Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover. Um, guys, I'm going to get a filibuster here for maybe a minute or two, allow some people to get in. But, Jason, it's been uh, – today was a hot one. Practice got moved to the afternoon after it was supposed to be in the morning. They want to allow uh, the outdoor field to dry off a little bit after those – crazy storms last night kind of came out of nowhere to be honest yeah you don't want to uh you don't want to chew your practice fields up on day two of the season that's probably not a good idea so probably let them dry out a little bit no but it was a little bit of a warmer day um and still we're still so early on you know i was talking to people on our message board earlier they were saying oh it's weird to see you know this guy or so and so with the third team i'm like it's groupings it's not teams it's not depth chart it's groupings at this point you know, all you need to know was like on day one, I think I think Jabaris Johnson was was with the threes, and you had yes. a couple of guys, and so you're you you got to think that sometimes it's done to put some older guys with some younger guys to help them in that transition mode and, and to help them kind of okay, where do I line up? Where do I go? And so I think you know sometimes you do that early in camp uh, to see them. So somebody mentioned in, in my photo gallery that uh, how does you have football practice without helmets on it? Well. First of all, the heat index is over 100 degrees. And so before they really started practice, they did a walkthrough and they did it without helmets. So it gives them a little bit of a chance to to kind of kind of have a, a breath before they put the helmet on and strap up and do those things. So, yeah, they're not playing football without helmets. That was more of a walkthrough situation for them. Yes. Now that we're kind of rolling a little bit, guys, if you're listening to this as a podcast, first off, we're doing this live on YouTube. So if you're not over at our YouTube already, definitely make sure to come check us out and subscribe. That's totally free. And if you're not over at Auburn Undercover, that's where the real intel is and stuff that we've talked about a lot more. And we just got done with a 75% off flash sale. If you missed out on that, we still have a 60% off sale for kind of preseason camp, fall camp, get ready for the season. So you can come check us out. All of that to say that we're live on YouTube right now, so we're going to be taking questions. Kevin was the first one in the chat, so shout out to him. Jason, I think before we get into questions... Let's start with just initial takeaways. It's tough to take away much out of the first two days of fall camp, especially when there's not a lot happening. And, you know, we only get to see a portion. We get to see about a 20 to 30 minute viewing window. Some of that, both of these days was stretching. So you get zero takeaways out of that. But, you know, just overall takeaways, guys that stood out, whatever kind of caught your eye over the past two days. I think maybe the overall takeaway for me is just, how different this team looks than it did in the spring. Um, 
you can tell the noticeable difference in what they've done um, from an I won't say an athletic standpoint, but you can see a quicker, you know, uh, you know, quicker, more um, explosive looking team when you look at them. Uh, it's a group that looks like they're in shape, but you can see strength too. It's so in, in the past, it's been one or the other. Either the last couple of years where you were big and physical and and hey, let's we're gonna we're gonna be stronger than everybody else and you ran out of gas. Or in years past, it was we're really gonna be up tempo, we're gonna do those things, and maybe you lost a little bit of the strength. It kind of looks like a little bit of a mix of both. And Christian, that's that's what we, we talked with with Luke Bill the other day. He said it's kind of a mix of what we've done mm-hmm. in the past, but it's grounded in football basics where you know it's it's football moves and, and those kind of things. And so um, I think uh, that's probably the, the biggest takeaway for me is is this how different this team looks than it did um, maybe even during the spring and you know some of those new faces are are part of that as well. Yeah, you know you're talking about our conversation with Luke as a part of your series, the real deal. You know, one of the things that stuck out to me was what he said before we even started the video, saying, "Look, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know some of these guys." You know, and we were talking with Tyler Fromm today, and he's like, "Yeah, we had two new guys come in this week and Quintrail." Bobby, Jameis, and Travis, and Dylan Senda, he's like, all of a sudden, he's like, I got to learn more new names. Like, there's so much new stuff going on. And Hugh Freeze even mentioned it in his intro press conference, saying that he was, he was quote, you know, he was, quote, uncomfortable in the sense that there's so much unknown. For him, you know, he was saying, got to put names on tape, on helmets, just stuff like that. There's, there's so many new faces, but a lot of these new faces have caught people's eye early on. I think Jeremiah Cobb is a name that, consistently has been floated to us another name that was a, a day one standout from you know a guy that i talked to someone that i think you had said it as well and nathan put it in our what we're hearing in our kind of vip intel but shane hooks cut a lot of people's eyes so did caleb burton so there's some excitement about two of the new receiver transfers as well yeah uh, no, no I, I think i think this group of wide receivers um what's funny is probably the the positions in the last couple of years that people have thought about as, as maybe the most difficult for Auburn in terms of matching up with people around the league, been offensive line and wide receiver. And I think when this staff came in, they said, look, we've got to get better at those two spots. They've gotten better at those two spots. Now, how much better? We'll see once we get into the season. But, hey, look, you've given yourself a chance on the offensive line by bringing in, you know, new faces, um, guys that are still here. Um, you know, you see Dylan Wade there. Um, a guy that I think is going to be a really good player left tackle for the Tigers, but Avery Jones in the middle, Gunnar Britton, who we talked to today. Then you think about kind of the veterans at guard. I mean, you've got some guys there that have played a lot of football, whether it's Jeremiah Wright, Cam Stutz, Tate Johnson's played there, Jaleel Irvin could slide over and play guard as well. Um, but then you bring in, you know, um, Jaden Muskrat. You bring him in, that's a guy that has, has you know, very familiar um, with playing, started last year at right tackle at Tulsa. Um you, know, you think about Connor Lou, talented freshman. So you're giving yourself a chance to be successful in the offensive line and to build some depth. Same thing, wide receiver. You've added some playmakers. You've added size. You've added more competition. And in turn, what it's done is there's a guy that we haven't heard much about for his entire first year and a half, our first year at Auburn, Jay Fair. All of a sudden, you look up and Jay Fair is a guy that has greatly improved his game. And I think some of that comes by – Add more bodies. You go, okay, i got to step it up. There's a lot more competition here. And Jay Fair is a guy that we've heard a lot about, um, you know, early on in, in you know, at least these, uh, these first couple of days. 
Jason, there's a shout out to you in the comments from uh, 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 former Auburn punter. <laughs> uh, yeah, ran into him today. He got a chance to hang out, watch a little practice, move back into town. So looking forward to playing a little golf maybe with, with Clinton once things settle down. There you go. Guys, I see all the questions in the chat about KJ Bolton. I promise we're going to get there. Want to finish up fall camp stuff a little bit more first and just kind of put a bow on that. We'll still touch on it here and there a little bit. But one of the things that we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it, people are asking about it in the chat is Jark West Hunter not present at the first two days of fall camp for the portion that we are out there, not present. Need to preface that. He could be out there afterwards. That's just a guess. Who knows? We don't really know. We, we, we saw him at the complex. We saw him walk in. Um, and that's that's that. Hopefully a resolution comes soon for, because I know y'all want to know. I would like to know. I'd like to have some mental sanity and not have to get asked about it 10 times a day. It's it, They're fair questions, but like to have that one wrapped up soon. So that's that's all that's really known about Jarquez Hunter. Um, shout out to Matt in the chat. Hit that like button. Definitely hit the like button if you're enjoying. Uh, let's go to some couple fall camp questions before we get into KJ Bolden. Greg, any surprises, good or bad yet, from fall camp? Ooh, that's a good no, question. Yeah, it, it's probably it, it's a little too probably, early, I think. I think I think it's a little I, one, really. I don't think it's a surprise, but I've been pleasantly so this is gonna sound dumb. It's not a surprise in my mind, but I've been pleasantly surprised by Jeremiah Cobb and what we've already seen and what we've already heard out of him. We, you know, Jason, this is a guy that we saw play. You've seen play a lot. We got to see play a couple times last year. I thought he was a really talented guy. I thought that Auburn could use him if they needed to in year one. Now that Jark was Hunter, the situation continues to roll on. Uncertainty is still there. Could count on him in year one. And it, it seems like Auburn would not be overly, they wouldn't feel, they wouldn't feel bad about that. Yeah, no, that, that's a position where you can come in and make an impact. We've seen true freshmen all over the place and, and all the time. I mean, for years and years and years, running back, corner, wide receiver um, have normally been the places where it's easiest to play. And normally it's tougher uh, in the middle on offense and defense because um, so much more physical side of things and the technique required to do that. But running back's a spot. And you look at Jeremiah Cobb there, I got that shot today of him and this is a guy that that is physical. Now he he's not a two hundred and thirty pound back, but he is he is rock solid. He has a little bit of the Trey Mason style, in my opinion, but he's a little bit bigger than Trey was uh, coming in. Obviously, he's definitely a couple inches taller than Trey, but he has that same same style to me, where it's so compact. He runs behind his pads, great hands catching the ball. And here's what what this situation has done is allowed him to get a lot more reps. Um, when you start mm-hmm. going and being the fourth guy or, or getting some fifth reps, then it's hard to show what you can do. If you start bumping up a little bit and getting more of those reps, and you know, Brian Petit has been limited a little bit, um, you know, is what uh, Hugh Freeze told us, you get more reps. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I think Jeremiah Cobb's a guy that I expected to do really good things at Auburn um, just by watching him. I probably, I would say probably a dozen times, uh, you know, since he was in the 10th grade at camps or in football games. So, um, yeah, that's a guy that has stepped up. And I, I, I'll say one of mine. Uh, I, I wasn't sure, and we'll still see how it, how it holds up over the course of a 12-game SEC season. But I wasn't sure Jalen McLeod was a guy that was going to be big enough. Um, you look at that photo, and that guy looks a lot like D. Ford looked when he was at Auburn. 
Uh, now, D was a couple of inches taller, but D wasn't a guy that was 6'5 either. But you look at the length, and, and, and so this guy's got some reach, but we have heard nothing but positives about how explosive Jalen McLeod is, about his ability to, to move and to, to move in space. And so I think he's a guy that absolutely is going to play a big impact for this team. And so um, that's probably the guy for me. You heard a lot, but then you see him and you go, yeah, that, that doesn't look like you know, I thought, okay, he's going to be a little bit smaller. He he's he looks a little bit a little bit bigger than I thought he was going to look. Somehow, I didn't include any quarterbacks to be able to present on the video for those who are watching. But of course, we have some quarterback questions to hit. First one is from Jeremy: Is Thorne going to be a one and done quarterback? Referring to the fact that Peyton Thorne has two years of eligibility technically left. If but if you're Auburn, that's best case scenario. If you're if you're Auburn, that best case scenario would be Peyton Thorne plays well enough that he's one and done. <laughs> that's what you. That's kind of what you would hope for. Uh, I don't know. I mean, who knows? He he, he may not even be the starter. Um, I still think he will be, but there's going to be a competition to be had, especially when they start putting on the pads. Yeah, the thing that I got from talking to someone um, close to the program was that Peyton Thorne has been very poised, just in an overall sense of whether it's on the field, off the field, which lines up with what we've heard about him as a leader off the field. But they said he just feels comfortable. It just feels like he naturally kind of stepped in and has done uh, pretty well there. Aaron says, Holden Gurner looks better than any of the quarterbacks, in my opinion. What's your take? Holden throws a pretty ball. But we just don't know. He's taken, what, one or two snaps um, ever at this level. And the difference between experience and 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 guy that, that looks the part – it's it's hard. It really is. It's hard to go. Okay, well, he looks he looks great, and that's why these scrimmage situations be really important for him. He had a, you know, mm-hmm. when you're a true freshman, you get a little taste of that. In the spring, he got a little bit more. Now he'll get, especially this first one. This first scrimmage, uh, a week from tomorrow, is going to be vital for Holden Garner if he wants to make a run at this his quarterback position. Um, I would say they will pretty quickly narrow things down to two guys after scrimmage number one. And so this this is going to be an opportunity for him over the next week for what he can do. The thing that was interesting today, and again, it's groupings. I would not consider it teams or depth charts or whatever. But when they they did the walkthrough, Peyton was the first. Peyton Thorne was the first quarterback that was out there in the groupings, and they didn't they didn't split to the twos. They had Holden come in as part of the ones. You know, the offensive line and the receivers and everybody stayed the same and walked through. And then when Robbie came in, they called it the twos. They didn't say, you know, threes or whatever. So they split ones, ones, quote unquote, today. Um, another quarterback question from Kyle: How is Hank Brown doing? He's been good. We've only seen a little bit, but he's been good. But he's the fourth quarterback. He's he's yeah, uh, basically you've reset at SEC media days. Look, it's impossible to get four guys um, involved. They like Hank Brown. They thought he was much better than guys that were higher rated than him. Uh, when they had him committed to Liberty. And that's why when they got to Auburn, they went after him. They thought he was a guy that had a chance to be successful on this level. But, yeah, you know, when you're a true freshman and you're not an early guy, um, unless you're just just a freak, it's almost impossible to make that much of an impact right away. And, and that's what I think Hank Brown's facing. One last fall camp question, at least for now, before we get into KJ Bolden. Jeff Jones asked Jason, who will get the second most carries Let's let's split this up as who would get the second most carries if Jarquez Hunter is available and if Jarquez Hunter is not available. Yeah, um, if Jarquez is playing, and, and I still lean towards believing he's going to be playing for Auburn this season, 
Demari Austin's going to be number two, in my opinion. I think Demari Austin's a guy that's going to get carries with or without Jarquez Hunter. I think he's a guy that's ready to step into that role. And we've heard, heard about his leadership and, and the things he's done. Um, without him, then it becomes interesting. Um, Brian Batie, I would probably lean towards um, a little bit over Jeremiah Cobb, um, just because he's a guy that you can use in some different ways. And he actually, he actually ran well between the tackles when they did it in the spring. And so he, I think they were surprised that he was more than just a kick return slot kind of guy, which I think is what probably they thought they were getting when they brought him in. Um, so I would probably. I would lean more towards Brian Batie if there's no Jarquez on there. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, let's get to not only the man of the hour, not only the man of the day, the man of the week. It has been the KJ Bolden week. Every day, people want to know about KJ Bolden. They want to know the latest news. What's made this, you know, Kyle, thoughts on KJ Bolden? I promise we would come back to y'all. Tyler Justice, see him on Twitter all the time. Need the juicy KJ Bolden nuggets. Marcus Webb has a prediction. He says KJ will be a Tiger 24 hours from now. Everybody wants to know about KJ Bolden. Jason, as you know, and as people know pretty well now on the board, is <laughs> it's been a tough recruitment to follow, and that's been by design from KJ and his family. They've wanted to keep things relatively under wraps. They've wanted to keep people on their toes and wanted to keep Saturday a surprise. And they've done exactly that. This has been one that has felt like it's been shifting around all week. Felt like it was Auburn, Florida State. Then it felt like it was Auburn, Georgia. Then it was Auburn, Georgia, and Florida State. Now it feels like it's still that way. It kind of feels like it's Auburn and Georgia, but Florida State is right there. There's so many moving parts. We're actually under 24 hours now until he announces. He'll announce at 6.30 Central. I'm just I'm going to open it up to you, Jason, just your yeah. overall thoughts. Uh, you know, we don't know. Um, normally you get a pretty good idea. Um, this, in this day and age, it's hard to keep a secret unless you don't tell anybody. And that's the way this secret has been kept. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. anybody knows it. Here's here's, and there's no crystal balls. There's nobody making predictions, those kind of things. Normally when those things start happening, somebody's already talked to somebody and they've already said, Hey, here you go. We haven't seen those things. So I, I, here's, here's the other thing I think. I think no matter what happens tomorrow night, this is going to be an absolute slugfest until he yep. signs in December. So, whatever, whoever wins the the you know the, the August fifth announcement, yeah, whoever wins the battle tomorrow night is going to have to hold on to win the war. And so that's that's what this one's about. Um, Auburn obviously fighting. This is one of their top guys. Obviously, one of Georgia's top guys. Florida State, Alabama really wanted him. Um, 
you're talking about one of the best players in the country. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I think Auburn is right there. Nothing's changed my mind, but we just don't know. And I don't know that anybody else knows either other than KJ. And and who knows, he's uh, he may not know for sure right now either. Yeah, he. Uh, we were lucky enough, Dukes, who works with us, at, with us over at Auburn Undercover, got an exclusive interview with KJ um, up on uh, up on the main 24-7 Sports YouTube earlier this week. So, guys, if you have not checked that out, there's still time to go watch it. It was 20 minutes. It was really good content, not only to hear KJ talk about his finalists, but just for y'all to get to know KJ the person a little bit more, which is always enjoyable. But at that point, Dukes recorded that for reference on Wednesday night. It was posted yesterday on Thursday. And KJ said, I decided this morning, as in Wednesday morning, he made his decision. Now, could that have changed? As you just referenced, I certainly think that's possible. I think yeah. this I, – I really – I think he could have a decision in mind at 5.30 tomorrow on Saturday and changes – something could change by 6.30 tomorrow. That's just yeah. the way this one has been going. And, and the thing is, too, is you know we're all thinking, oh, he's leaning one way. In all honesty, guys, it's really all an educated guess. You know, we're getting stuff from sources at Auburn and sources that are close to KJ and his recruitment, but the whole thing has been by design. Every everything has been kept quiet by design, and in all honesty, it's all an educated guess at this rate. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's going to get it's going to get more drama and more eyes than about anything I can remember in a long time uh, when it goes down tomorrow night, and um, you know. I, I think, you know, here's the thing. We know that KJ is a guy that really likes Auburn. Uh, we know that he has a really good relationship with Hugh Freeze, um, Zach Etheridge, Crime, those guys all in, all involved. He's got good relationships with Auburn. That's a big deal in this. Um, but let's have to see and, and see what happens tomorrow night. Um, it, it could set off a, a flurry of activity, um, maybe not right away. But we've seen Auburn with some momentum from Big Cat and, you know, he was there. He saw that. He saw five-star guys that were committed and, and the guy that did commit. And he ran out of the building going to see one of them. Um, he yeah. was excited. Can Auburn keep that excitement? And was that enough to maybe push the Tigers over the top? Um, we'll find out, like you said, in less than 24 hours. Yeah, I'm not going to tip my hand, but I posted a quick little uh, little bit of an interesting nugget over at AuburnUndercover.com. So if you guys aren't over there, there's a VIP note on KJ and his recruitment that I am going to save for subscribers only. Uh, Brian wants to know how much does Charles Lester commit to Florida State sway him towards Florida State? I think it's noteworthy, but the thing, you know, Jason, we've talked about it with Dukes before because, you know, we're saying, you know, KJ is close with Perry Thompson. He's close with DeMarcus Riddick. A guy like this is close with everybody. He's close with Charles Lester. He's close with Duke said on the podcast, close with uh, who's Florida State's running back, Cam Davis. He's yeah. close with guys at Georgia. He's close with guys in Alabama. Well, I don't now, think that. Now his, yeah, now his teammate is Dylan Rayola, who transferred from Arizona, the number one player in the country, number quarterback in the country, to Buford, and he is committed to Georgia. Um, now he has a teammate like that. I mean, it's – yeah, everybody wants this guy, and that means he's talked to guys all over the all over the country just about. And so, yeah, he's built relationships with a whole lot of folks. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to say we're we're finally at the home stretch now. Feels like I've seen KJ Bolden's name at least five hundred times this week, um, and that's a conservative estimate. That has been the question of the entire week since Big Cat Weekend, where KJ had those great things to say about Auburn, and you know, he said that he, he was thinking about committing right then and there. Everyone's been excited, and 
momentum is seemingly swayed back and forth, but it's been, uh, I was saying it on the board, it's been a fun one to track because you don't see these really ever, but that makes it that much more stressful because we are close to in the dark about as much as y'all are. We know maybe a little bit more, but not much. This has been, this has been a quiet one, a tough one to track. So that's, that's the latest on KJ Bolden going to, into his announcement tomorrow. Obviously we'll be ready and we'll have coverage uh, of the day tomorrow. The announcement is set for 6.30, and we will find out then where KJ Bolden is going. Hit a couple more questions in the chat. We're only going to go for like five minutes or some more. Jeff Jones, how many high school guys do we sign? Right now, Auburn has 14 commitments. I could see them adding 10 more. I don't know if you'd go too much further, more than 24 to 25, because I think they're going to have to hit the transfer portal hard again. Yeah, and it, and it may depend on, like I said, it may depend on what happens with with guys like Dylan Wade, um, some of these guys that have a, a second year, um, you know, some of those things that might, you know, now here's what, you know, you brought in, you've got three one year wide receivers. Now they've already got a couple of those guys at that position, but, but Javaris Johnson is a guy that, that is a senior that it probably going to be in his last year. Then you start thinking, who do you lose out of the transfer mark? So how much veteran depth you have, who it is, um, do you need to bring in a couple of veterans in the secondary from transfers to help guide those young guys? Probably. Yeah. So you're right. Uh, it, it probably depends on, on what the roster looks like as to maybe what Dece- December could be wildly different, depending on who who's gone from this team after the regular season. Let's see, Greg says first scrimmage date is a week from tomorrow. Um, it is a week from Saturday, August 5th. So that would be August 12th. Let's see another question here. Uh, Bo, wait, what is the holdup with the offensive lineman? There, there's no holdup. Maybe you're thinking of Dylan Senda, the Northwestern transfer. He's already here and going through practice. DeAndre Carter. DeAndre yeah. Carter. Yeah, that'd be a good yeah, guess. That's probably it. We have, we've heard that there's um, maybe wants to do something around a family reunion to have that involved. And so I think just kind of waiting it. I don't think anything's really changed with DeAndre Carter. I think we still feel like Auburn is is the the leader at that at that one. I think they're just kind of waiting to have a an announcement moment set kind of thing. So mm-hmm. here's a really good question, something that we haven't touched on in a podcast or on the show yet. How was the Kamarion Franklin visit? That was a uh, thought that there was a possibility that he would visit Auburn after not being able to make it during the week. Um, leading up into Big Cat, and he was planning to go to Miami that weekend, which he did, in fact, do. And then on Monday, he ends up making his way to Auburn for a visit right before it went to the dead period on Tuesday, which was, by all accords, it went pretty darn well. Um, the comments that Kamarion Franklin said were very interesting. You know, he was asked about a lot of people view Miami and Tennessee as the leader, but you know, where does Auburn kind of fit? And he said, Auburn's the underdog, and I like that. I like not a lot of people talking about Auburn, but I feel pretty strongly about Auburn. I truly think that I think you could pretty confidently say it's a three-team race now. I think Auburn has entered the picture up at the very top tier. Have they fully caught Miami and Tennessee? That I don't know. I think that's certainly possible, but I think they're in that top tier um, right up there with Miami and Tennessee in that regard. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the, the Mississippi connections, Jeremy Garrett, you freeze all those guys. That, that's a big deal. Um, you hear it all the time, like 
you know, there's there's a special bond with Mississippi guys, and and they like to kind of hang out with their guys and do those things, and that's not surprising. So, um, he he has been a pretty faithful visitor to Auburn and Christian. I don't know how many times he's been over, but it's been he's been over three times since the new staff came in. All three of them have been overnight visits, if I remember correctly, because he was here in the spring for two days. He was here in the camp or in the summer for two days, and he worked out with Jeremy Garrett. And then when he arrived, he arrived late on Sunday night and stayed all through Monday. So, yeah, so we'll see. He The other the other interesting thing just totally slipped my mind, he moved his official visit date up to the UMass right. game. It was for the Georgia game. He wants to be committed by the end of September. Um, the Georgia game is right there at the end of September, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so he's going to get his official visit into Auburn before his commitment date happens. So that's that was significant to me. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Oh. I think I think that's a big deal when you talk. He he, Auburn is is such an important part of it that he wanted to make sure that he had all that information in to take an official visit. And to take an official visit for the UMass game, to me that means you're pretty darn serious. Yes. Yeah, you're not going to be getting too great of a game. Although you're probably going to get a pretty darn good atmosphere for the home opener, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the season opener. Uh, Bay Eagle from the board. So shout out to him. That's an Auburn undercover sub right there. Um, are we looking at any other cornerbacks at this time? The main one right now is Julius Solomon, who will also be committing tomorrow. We have not touched on him yet. Looks like South Carolina is sitting pretty to land his commitment tomorrow. Jason, the thing that's interesting with Julius Solomon is Auburn didn't really fully dive into his recruitment all the way until June when they had that seven on seven camp. Auburn is not hosting for an official visit. I'd expect they'd still be able to get him on campus this fall, not only for probably an unofficial visit here or there, but get a official visit as well. So if Auburn misses out on that commitment tomorrow on Saturday, just like we talked about with KJ Bolden, that one I believe will go all the way. And in all honesty, even if he's committing like we expect him to to South Carolina on Saturday, I would favor Auburn in the long haul. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Yeah, I think Auburn will be very much in, in the picture with this one to the end, like you said, because they really just kind of ramped up their recruiting in the last month or so. Um, he was exceptionally good at Auburn at, at the 707 camp at Auburn, one of the best players I saw all day, all summer at Auburn. And uh, so I think for Auburn, it was, it's was it been up and up and up and up and up since that moment. And uh, I think they'll continue to recruit him pretty hard. Yeah, we're going to hit a couple ones here real quick to end the show. Uh, Jeremy Rains just says, to be honest, I'm happy to be in these conversations in year one. Really, it's year zero, to be honest. And we have come a long way since Boise, man. Yes, Auburn recruiting has come a long way since Brian Harson. The past seven or so, eight months now, have been kind of a whirlwind in recruiting. Did not think Auburn would get to this point this quickly, but credit to Hugh Freeze and the rest of this Auburn staff for getting Auburn to where they are now. Hayden, uh, where are things at with Bradley Shaw? Also, if KJ does commit to Auburn, does Auburn flip Jaden Perlotti before the season starts? Yeah, uh, Bradley Shaw, um, you know, he was at Big Cat, spoke to him just before that. He said Auburn, Alabama were kind of the school was there. Then Auburn gets to Marcus Riddick. Alabama's kind of turned up on Mojito and some other guys. Bradley Shaw takes a visit to Clemson. Clemson offers. All of a sudden, you start to feel like, Okay, that that might be where this thing winds up. Auburn's still going to recruit Bradley Shaw, um, but I, I think the Demarcus Riddick, along with the guys they've already got, uh, that he's still a guy that they they would love to add to this class. But that Clemson offer um, 
sure feels like it was done by design. Um, hey, is it the right timing, the right moment? We'll see there. Um, as for uh, Pelote, man, he said all the right things when he visited for Big Cat, um, talking about how you know he's committed to Georgia at the moment, but hey, he might have a surprise soon. Um, even if KJ doesn't commit to Auburn, I think Auburn has a legit shot to to get Perlody committed uh, in the next couple of months. I, it just felt like that way uh, after talking to him at Big Cat. Yep, I'd agree with that. Guys, the goal was to keep it at 30 minutes. We're at 30 minutes and 15 seconds on the dot. So right about there, we're going to wrap it up there, a little Friday night live stream to recap the first two days of preseason camp. Talk about the man of the week, K.J. Bolden, before he announces his decision on Saturday. Stay locked in at AuburnUndercover.com. For more on KJ, more on preseason camp, we've had a ton of coverage. We've had a ton of VIP coverage, notes, and intel that we're hearing from fall camp. Um, so that's going to keep rolling all throughout the rest of the next couple weeks leading into the season. Check us out at AuburnUndercover.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe if you have not already. Shout out to everybody that was in the live chat today that came in, asked us questions, kept it rolling a little bit, and we will catch you guys soon.